the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com for all your one-stop sports news, including draft stuff. There's nothing else to watch right now or really care about when other leagues will return and how they're dealing with the current hiatus. But the draft stuff is plentiful, and it's great. I mean, I've uh, the place to start is Dane Brugler's top 300 board. It's a gigantic draft board, super well thought out. Uh, he does this thing every year. He's making the rounds right now if you want to catch him on a couple of podcasts, things like that. But this that's probably the place to start if you're trying to get an overview of what's about to come this weekend. Um, and obviously the mock drafts are out there. Scout, a lot of scouting stuff, positional stuff. I don't know where else you need to go. <laughs> Theathletic.com has all your coverage leading into this thing, and we're going to dive into it from a different angle today. Today's our special edition podcast episode, Careers Earned. Uh, we're going to do a bunch of careers, and we're going to do a bunch of careers that were unearned too. What we're going to do in uh, in lieu of this draft week, I'm going to bring Scott Allen back on the show. He's the data guy. He's done a ton of data work, as you might imagine, for this one. We're going to dive into the number one picks. So on Spot Track, we have a pretty good handle on the last, oh, 30 or so years worth of top picks. Um, our draft tracker goes back about 25 years. You know, we've got some data filled in before that. And, you know, it's part of my job right now in this quarantine to sort of keep the data flowing and get back a little bit deeper and, and try to get more of our uh, historical stuff in better shape. And part of that brought to, brought us to this, which was let's really assess how these number one picks went over the past de- couple of decades, see where it got us, positionally speaking, earnings-wise, you know, team movement, all that good stuff. We're going to get into basically a, a player-by-player episode here, try to keep things short and sweet and keep it moving. But uh, there's some interesting names here. And as you might imagine, a lot of quarterbacks. So what's, what's better to talk about leading up to the NFL draft than a bunch of quarterbacks and how they did? So we're going to bring Scott in, talk about that a little bit, and uh, see where those numbers bear out. Uh, just for a quick open here, there's a lot, lot going around, and especially now that, that they've had this dry run and there have been internet glitches, there's obviously a lot going around about concern, uh, you, you know, opinions on how this virtual draft is going to go. I was thinking about it from this side of it. One of the worst things about the NFL draft, and you can love it or hate it, I hate it, although I have to abuse it because I'm entering data in real time. So I, I hate the fact that tip that picks are tipped. I mean, generally speaking, if you're sitting on Twitter throughout this draft process, you know, Twitter's three, four picks ahead from the broadcast. And you can understand that the broadcast is stretching it out a little bit and pumping in commercials and doing a little bit more analysis. And people on Twitter just want the names. So like I said, from a data input standpoint, I have to sort of follow along as they come in so that I can get things updated as quickly as possible and then react to it as much as quickly as possible as well. I don't know if we're going to get that this year. I mean, you're not going to have, I don't think at least you're going to have the transparency of being in one room and having back and forths. I mean, it's possible that guys like Schefter and Lacanfora are going to be you know, tied to the hip of some of these conversations as they go along. Maybe the NFL network is going to have access. So the Lombardis of the world are going to be able to get these things out early. But I think that's going to be harder. And we may not have that. We may be watching this thing in unison and have true draft picks, right? True surprises. Uh, When trades happen, we'll all find out together. 
I'm not guaranteeing that. I just think that's a possibility. I think because this is such a radical change for everybody, us as viewers might see a more streamlined process and we're not going to be able to get information from a bunch of different places. I think it'd be okay. I, I, it used to be like that. It used to be we had to sit and wait for the commissioner and that card to uh, really understand what was happening. But we, did, we weren't even let into the fact that trades had happened until that point. The commissioner would go come forward and announce that a trade has been made and that a new team is on the clock. Now, of course, we're being tipped you know, minutes, sometimes 10 minutes prior to that happening. And it's about getting the details of the trade, not that the trade happened. So there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of anticipation for something like that because I think that's that just makes it will make this better if we can all in unison experience this thing together. That's uh that's one positive I think we might take from this. Now, of course, <laughs> the internet glitches are concerning and I don't know if they're avoidable. Everybody just these all these people all live in different locations and it's just going to be spottier than uh, than others. You know, you're going to have your ups and your downs. They're going to have a plan in place. That's why they did the dry run. I'm sure there's people in, in a boardroom, a virtual boardroom right now, you know, trying to figure out exactly what they do for all the different scenarios that could happen. So I don't think it's going to ruin, you know, the process to a certain degree. There may be glitches that cause pauses and, you know, they have to go to commercial and make a couple extra bucks or something like that. But it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Different. So if you're not a, a person that can handle change... You're probably going to hate this, but I do think uh, this whole idea of streamlining the process and bringing it down to a true surprise, which is what we used to get back in the olden days, could be entertaining. So let's keep an eye out for that. I think that'll be something to keep an eye out for Thursday for sure with these first rounders. Now, maybe as the, uh, as the thing stretches out and we get into the later rounds where there's less anticipation, you know, maybe that's when the, uh, the, the, the internet hounds get to work and there's some sort of communication with what the picks are coming. And maybe I'm totally wrong here. Maybe, you know, maybe the guys that are inside these big networks uh, are going to be status quo and they're going to be attached to these picks and are going to tweet it out as if everything's the same. And, and a lot of people like that. A lot of people want this to, to look and feel like nothing's changed and that we're not really quarantined and that this thing's not being kind of put together on the fly. That's fine. I get it. I just, I'm sort of a brainstorming here and I think that's a positive. If we can get that, and we can all experience this thing together. And, you know, to a dropping 11 spots isn't something that pops up on Twitter first. It's something that we have to watch happen in real time on the television screen. That'd be pretty neat. We'll see. All right. Let's bring in Scott Allen. We're going to go through the last 30 years of number one picks. Before we get there, I want to talk to you a little bit about fantasy pros. While most sports are currently at a standstill, it's never too early to start preparing for your fantasy football draft. And there's no better place, no better resource than Fantasy Pros with their flagship Draft Wizard product, Mock Draft Simulators, and so much more. There's just so many tools on this website, you guys. You can customize for any format you play. They also have an app with updated fantasy news, so that's something you're going for every morning, especially Sunday morning when you're looking for a start, who to start, who to sit, who's going to be injured, all that good stuff. They've got it, uh, the whole gamut, the whole process of your fantasy draft, your in-season your dynasty situation, it's all its all taken care of. You can run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents. Prepare for any scenario you may face when it's time to really do the draft. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack NFL today and get a head start now. That's fantasypros.com slash spottrack NFL. All right, welcome back to the show, Scott. 
still talking draft, but let's go back a bunch of years and uh, not so much grade, but assess financially and from a, a career standpoint, what happened with these number one overall picks. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, nice job with this research. I uh, We both kind of brought, uh, brought our own stick to this show in terms of data. Uh, but really what it's about is, you know, busts or booms, how many guys sort of lived in the middle. There, did you find there were not too many that sort of just were average players? Yeah, it was either... I, it seemed really like it was well. bust or boom, right? Yeah, they either did really well and got paid well, or they famined. Did you also... <laughs> anticipate there were going to be more bus i yeah i did because there's always that you know 50 50 stat that's always out there of yeah that they do well or don't do well and um i wonder if we had done this for a, a couple of sports and not just the nfl where this would have ranked in terms of efficiency at the number one overall slot because the nba is not good <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, especially recently. Oh, it's been a bad 10 years, give or take. Um, but I, I was uh, somewhat disappointed. I was looking for some negativity to talk about today. And I was somewhat disappointed with how decent these number one picks kind of worked out. Let's just dive into it. We're going to go back 30 years. And 30 years ago means Jeff George. So there's a little negativity. <laughs> I don't think Indianapolis was super happy with this pick. This guy was a gunslinger. Uh, God, you were barely born, so I'm not going to expect you to break down any uh, Jeff George tape at this point. Yeah, definitely not. But <laughs> um, I don't know. Just a guy. You didn't have to make it number one. That's for darn sure. First of all, let's sort of assess the data that you brought to the table here. So we've got 30 years of number one picks. Obviously, positionally speaking, we'll get to that. Um, I wrote down some notes as the, as the how they left the current the drafted team. So, I mean, there's only one of them that didn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's only one that that didn't leave in 30 years. Uh, Give or take a couple that are still on their rookie contracts right now. But in terms of players that are no longer playing in the league, there's only one. We'll get to him in a bit. But we'll talk about how they left, why they left, how quickly they left, how long they played in the league, how long they played with that drafted team, and then how much they earned uh, in total. I've also got Pro Bowls here, too, if we want to get into that. There's a bunch of zeros. There's quite a few zeros in terms of guys who uh, were taken number one overall and didn't make a Pro Bowl. Now, I'm not equating that to a bust because there's nothing faker than a Pro Bowl nod at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Krebs' sakes, you know, Jameis Winston is a Pro Bowl nod. So, so if you want to yeah, right. punch <laughs> a hole in the validity of that stat already, there you go. All right, let's Jeff George, fine. He played four years out of a six-year contract with the Colts, and then they traded him away. That's pretty much all you need to know. He played 14 years, though. He played 14 years. So we've got a few of these on this list where guys who were taken to be franchise quarterbacks, they clearly were not franchise quarterbacks, but they stuck around as backups and made some coin. He made $34 million back in the, nine, in the early 90s. That's, uh, that's just fine. <laughs> you know, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot worse than flaming out as a starting quarterback, sitting behind a couple of decent quarterbacks and making some dough. To me, that's I'll say it again. Backup quarterback in the NFL is one of the best jobs in the entire world. So that's what he turned into. And that's fine. I mean, certainly the Colts wanted more. It didn't work out. 1991, number one overall, Russell Maryland, defensive tackle for the Cowboys. Just such a Cowboys pick. Even, even now, it feels like it's a Cowboys pick. Uh, he got through his full rookie contract and then walked away free agency, which is something Dallas does a lot, by the way. And we, we might see it again. 
you know, we might see it in mm-hmm. Dak Prescott here. Not that he yeah. was a number one overall pick. Uh, some people think that's what should have happened to Zeke Elliott. Uh, they've, they've done it. They've done it quite a few times. So you give Jerry credit. He kind of knows. Russell went on to play five more years. He played 10 in total. He made t- just over $22 million. DTs weren't, you know, valued nearly what they are now. And they've been devalued a bit of late. But they had a really good run there in the in the uh, late 2000s, uh, you know, eight set nines and tens, you know, the Indomica Sioux era. Let's just call it that. When when Indomica Sioux came in and then Aaron Donald followed him as non-edge guys who could wreak havoc, of course, that's when the salaries are going to increase. This was back in the day when these guys were important. I mean, obviously important enough to take number one overall, but you weren't getting those power extensions on the second contract with these kind of guys. So, again... Two, we're two for two on just guys. Um, and we're going to get to a couple of guys that you can definitely speak to a little more soon. But 1992, Steve Eppman, man, another swing and a miss for the Colts. He didn't even finish the contract. He got three out, three out of four years of that rookie deal. He was supposed to be a, a hell-raising edge rusher. It didn't happen. Um, he played six years total, so he, he found – he latched on basically on minimum deals – uh, with three other teams after he was released out of Indianapolis. He didn't even make $9 million. Never made a Pro Bowl. Uh, total bust. That's probably bust number one. I, yeah, I would think so. It's not the biggest bust. It's up there. It's top three on this list, but it's not the biggest bust. So, we'll, you know, we'll we'll bury that lead for now. Let's let you talk about this one. 1993, this guy had a career. And this guy probably should have had a bigger career. <laughs> but, yeah. But as for, uh, you know, a certain hit that happened in a, during <laughs> a certain game that changed the course of the NFL forever. But uh, go ahead. Who was the 1993 number one overall pick? Yeah, you have Drew Bledsoe, quarterback of the Patriots. And obviously we all know what happened. And yeah. he ended up being traded to Buffalo. Um, he ended up uh, just under $80 million in earnings. He played 14 seasons in total and uh, four Pro Bowls. Nine, nine seasons with the Patriots. It's not like the Patriots just threw him aside. I mean, this guy was going to be no. the guy. They signed into a 10-year, $100 million extension in New England. Can you imagine the Patriots doing that now with anybody ever? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, they might have to now that things are sort of retooled a little bit here. But, yeah, 10 years, $102.8 million in, in March of 2001. So this guy was going to be their guy, and then, like I said, a hit one, you know, a big hit later, and uh, in comes Tom Brady, and out goes Drew Bledsoe. He uh, he was fine for the Bills. He he was, yeah, one, he was he was one of the better quarterbacks the Bills have ever had, but that's not saying much, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and he only gave him three years. So, yeah, but what could have been? This was a super solid quarterback. This was a I, I equate him to Carson Palmer. If you if yeah. you flip a generation ahead. Palmer had to get out of Cincinnati. We'll talk about him in a second, but he 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 sustained his career, you know, with the Raiders and the Cardinals. He kind of made it work for a long time. I think uh, I think getting run out of New England by Brady just sort of deflated Bledsoe to some degree. Now he's a stand-up dude. Like I said, he made this thing work for a bunch more years, and eighty million dollars back in the in the early nineties. That's a heck of a career. That's a heck of a financial career. So he's not a. Uh, you know, he's not struggling during this quarantine. Let's put it that way. He's also a winemaker now, by the way. So really, yeah, you have to imagine <laughs> that. that's doing well right now. Uh, 1994, Dan Wilkinson. There's our second defensive tackle. Uh, that's two of the only two we've got on this list, by the way. Bengals grabbed him. He played out the whole rookie contract and he was a tag and trade back when that wasn't really a thing. So the but of course, he was traded to the Redskins, which makes perfect sense. 
they're going to take somebody else's trash, especially on the interior line. Uh, that's just something the Redskins have done forever. Solid career. Played four years with, with the Bengals. Ended up playing 13 years. We got a lot of guys that played over 10 years. Uh, that's what surprised me the most. That, um, same here. That, and that's what I meant about you couldn't really classify these guys as bust because they just made it work. Now, they weren't – many of these guys weren't true. They didn't hold to the number one overall pick, you know, mm-hmm. at any point in their career. But you got guys playing 10, 15 years on average here throughout this list. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, mm-hmm. I'll say this. A lot of that is because they were former number one overall picks. There's just a – you know, there's a cachet you earn when you have that. You know, especially if you're a quarterback, if you were taken number one overall, there's so much that goes with that. People scouted you so much and 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 figured you were deserving of that classification that, oh, we got to get this. You know, it's going to happen with Jameis. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to give him a chance because he was a number one overall pick because he played at Florida State because he did throw for 5000 yards. He's got enough bullet points to, to earn another chance. So it's coming. But that's sort of what I'm talking about here. That's why there's that's why you probably see two to three extra years on all of these careers because they they carry that number one cachet. Uh, so Wilkinson did that 13 years, just over thirty six million dollars. No Pro Bowls, no Pro Bowls. So that's another guy where it's just a guy. He's in your Russell Maryland category of, you know, solid career, but just a guy. And then the Bengals doubled down on that with Kajana Carter the, at the only running back on this list in 30 years. Now, we thought this was getting devalued a while ago, you know, of recently, seven, eight years ago, but it's never been valued that high since 1990. There has not been a running back since 1995. That's when Kajana Carter was taken. There has not been a number one overall running back. Now, we've had Barkley at two. We've had Elliott. Was Elliott four? I think Elliott was four. We've had some players Uh, up there. Um, Where was AP? Was he seven? Looking right now. I think Peterson might have been seven. I'm, and I'm just going off the top of my head here. I apologize for that. But look, it's seventh. Yep, yeah, seventh. Yeah, 2007. So it's it's just never been a position that teams dictated worth this kind of classification. I, yeah, it's smart. <laughs> it's smart. But I was I was expecting a few more. Having gone back this far, Carter was fine. He was. It's funny because if you do some research on Kajana Carter, half the articles say he was one of the worst draft picks in the history of the Bengals, and I guess there's some argument to that. But you got to look at these early seasons. This guy, this guy, two thousand yards from scrimmage. He he was the poster boy for what this league was going to turn into, which was pass catcher, you know, slash guy. He was going to be the running back that all these teams sort of adopted going forward. He had some issues. He got injured. He had crazy injuries. I mean, what do you want? What do you want? That's it goes with the territory. It's why the position has devalued so greatly over the last twenty years. He played a total of eight years. He, he lasted about four in Cincinnati before some sort of opt-out in his rookie deal kicked in. He bounced around to the Redskins and the Packers and the Saints, made about $14 million, which is fine, but that rookie deal was worth 18. <laughs> so whatever opt-out Cincinnati was able to use, he never even made that back in his career because of the injuries. So like I said, he was sort of the coming of what was going to be the next running back, right? We saw it with the Thurman Thomases. Yeah, that was the era. This was the era where everybody was looking for that kind of running back, and that didn't stop. But Carter was sort of the uh, the modern-day running back. So that's your only running back on this number one overall list. I want to talk Keyshawn Johnson. Take it, Scott. Yeah, so he was drafted in 1996, uh, wide receiver, obviously. Drafted with the Jets. Yeah, Jets loved him. And, the the um, place went crazy when they drafted him. I remember that draft. Traded him after four years of a six-year deal. 
And in, in career earnings, he was at $45.5 million or so. Yeah, 11-year career, about $46 million. Yeah. You could see the league starting to grow here because, you know, 11 years as a wide receiver versus 13 years as a defensive tackle just a couple of years prior, uh, things really sort of kicked in. You could see where how the passing game was really starting to take back over. Keyshawn was never a... I mean, he was a number one receiver for a bunch of these years. Like I said, he played 11, maybe six or seven of those. He was a legitimate option. You know, he struggled with uh, the off the field stuff a little bit. He struggled with, the, you know, being a, being a decent teammate. He got run out of a couple of teams because of that. Yeah. I think there was probably 15 to 20 million more on his table somewhere if he could keep it all together. I mean, he was in the right era for it. But you could see the, uh, the earnings start to build here is my, is my point. Outside of Bledsoe, everybody was really tempered in terms of long careers but versus career earnings. And you've got some averages here we can get to in a little bit here. But this, to me, was the start of number one overall picks really starting to cash in. And, boy, I love this pick. In 1997, the, the, uh, the Rams took Orlando Pace, uh, the left tackle, for what would be 14 years, 13 years. He ended up playing, I think, with the Bears for a cup of coffee to finish it out. Otherwise, he would have been a Ram for life. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, seventy million earned. This is it. This is where the money starts to get good, and I just I I just love that the Rams had to go to take a left tackle in nineteen ninety seven, and teams <laughs> that I I have nothing wrong with that. I did an open for our show yesterday, Scott. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yet. I'm worried that that a bunch of these teams that are about to take a quarterback, including the Bengals, yeah. at number one overall, just aren't prepared. Yeah, just, I agree. They just don't have the offensive lines in place to keep these guys up. So. You know, the Rams clearly thought that that was the most imp- important building piece in 1997. I'm totally okay with teams taking offensive tackles as high as number one, especially in this day and age. Like I said, I did a, I'm terrified that it's going to be a bad situation for a few of these guys, depending on where they land. All right, let's keep on moving here. You got, you got anything yeah, else on well, Orlando Pace, Scott? Yeah, uh, from 1990 up until uh, obviously right now, he's the only Hall of Famer, obviously. No. In the last 10 years. Oh, there's um, more coming, but right. Not yet. Right. Right. Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. But from 1990 through, obviously, the last five to eight years, jury's still out on some. Yeah, but keep that. Keep Orlando that. Pace. If you go back a little further, 1985 had Bruce Smith and then 83 Elway. But right now, with what we're talking about from 90 and on, wow. Orlando Pace, only Hall of Famer on this list that we're talking about. Yeah. Let's remember to go back and count who's going to make the hall of fame out of this 30 year list. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving along here. 1998. There is Peyton Manning, by the way, (laughs) Um, the longest, is he the long, yeah. Longest tenured. Yeah. For now, the longest tenured person on this list, number one over draft pick since 1990 played 18 years, one in his final year, two Super Bowls, $248 million earned between the Colts and the Bronco and the Broncos. Not much more to say. We did our own version of the yeah. careers earned with this guy. If you want to learn more about Peyton, check out that episode. We uh, yeah, exactly. we dove pretty deep on this guy. Not the same story for ni- in 1999 when the Browns took Tim Couch, one of their many quarterback busts in the draft over, the, over these past couple of decades. I don't know. If, I mean, he's certainly a bust, but the team just wasn't ready for him. They were a defensive-minded team. They didn't have the weapons. Uh, it was just a mess back there. These early 2000s for the Browns were really messy. He went 2-12 and 12 in his rookie season, and then he, he basically played a third of the next season, and he was an average quarterback. He had the Browns about 8-8 eight and eight the next couple of seasons, for better or worse. You know, the completion percentage was no good. It was under 60. He just He was a guy. 
He was a guy. He wasn't worthy of a number one overall pick, that's for sure. And he was out of the league pretty quickly. So uh, he's up there on the bus list. In fact, he never played again. He left the Browns. He was signed, yeah. I believe, by the Packers, but didn't make the squad out of the uh, out of camp. That was it for for Tim Couch. And I don't think anybody's <laughs> have we heard from Tim Couch ever since. No, here's I don't the, think so. Here's the thing: still made himself twenty million bucks in 1999. You know, mm-hmm. he's okay. And then the Browns were back on the clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so clearly that didn't work out in 1999 because in 2000 they were back on the clock. And uh, Courtney Brown, this is our our second edge rusher. A little bit, halfway decent career, seven years, almost 30 million. The Browns got out of it five out of the seven years in the rookie contract. So he went on, he bounced around for a couple more seasons and that was it. But that's back-to-back number one overall duds. You know, not not bust, not true bust, but duds. Yeah. And uh, that's not good news if you're a Browns fan. You probably remember that era pretty well and it's not a good thing. Take 2001, Scott. It's a big one. Yeah, Michael Vick, quarterback, went to Atlanta. Uh, he had earned $117 million over 13 seasons. We know he was suspended for two seasons and then came back with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and uh, played for Pittsburgh, too, I believe. Right. Yeah, he was that rookie contract. He was extended and um, he had four Pro Bowls. <laughs> That's all you're going to talk about with Michael Vick? You're going to let the 30 for 30 say the rest? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he, he I mean, was t- a... Talk about keeping look, it close to the cuff. Holy cow. Yeah, sorry. No, no, uh, it's fine. No, we he, don't have to get into it. Everybody knows the story. Just look at he... He does. He was dynamic. He was... Yeah. He was a... What, probably the first mobile quarterback... He was a human video game. Really, right. He was the video game mobile quarterback that people dream of and he, he he lit the world on fire and he, yeah yeah i know i get it i mean you know he he was he was in the league for 15 years he was suspended for two of them in jail for some of that yeah. he, he left about 30 million on the table that's what he was already supposed to be owed essentially but look this guy was going to cash in that third con- he was going to be one of the first players in nfl history to get that third contract that was going to be massive he had 150 million easily in, in career earnings set if he wanted it, um, and I think he look he came back as a viable backup quarterback. So he did. I, he, this he guy could play meaningful games. Yeah, this guy could just flat out play some ball, and uh, you throw all the rest of it out, and who knows where this career goes? But there's no question. He, he I think he left at least 40 million on the table, minimum 40 million. If he gets that third contract like we think he would, like these quarterbacks do now then you're pushing $200 million in career earnings. That's where you are. Because Peyton, three years prior to that, got himself $250 million. So, you know, if Vic's able to play three more years, four more years, and he adds a big contract in there, you're talking $200 million. All right. Yeah. Not so great news for the Houston Texans the year later. With the number one overall pick, they selected David Carr. The other Carr. <laughs> Yeah, the car. The, the that, one that if you type car into spot track and our algorithm looks for the most important cars, there's a bunch of Carringtons and a bunch of Carters. And then at the bottom, way down below, you see David Carr. So my apologies yeah. to David Carr if he's listening, but that's just life right now as an exiled number one overall pick. Still he made himself a good amount of money. He did. start Started the Houston Texans. That's right. He was the first franchise. Oh he, my he was their first one, yes. Jeez. Well... It could have been worse. He wasn't awful. He just he never 
got to that next level. That's what it was. He just sort of flatlined. He was who he was, and the, the Texans had to live with that for five years. This guy played 12 years. <laughs> he, he went and picked – he held a clipboard and made himself some extra coin, got himself the $40 million earned over, over the 12-year career. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, in terms of Houston, wanna, it was a bust. Want to take a guess at his passing yards? Total passing yards? Yeah, in his career. How many games did he actually play? Let me ask that question first. Okay. He played 94 and game started was 79. I was surprised when I saw this, not the amount. All right. Of so let's, here. let's average that into about 80 games. No, 85 games. So 85 games. If he's, if I give him 200, am I close? 200 per game at 85. Um, What's the number? Yeah, you're you're gonna be high. Yeah, is it is it twelve? Fourteen. Okay, that's all right. Al- almost fourteen. So and he a half. averaged less than two hundred yards a game. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. So he was a game, yeah. he was a game manager. That's fine. Yeah. He made forty million dollars. No, He's laughing at us right now. <laughs> yeah, He's got to, forty to start, million to start the Houston franchise. There, I mean, right? He was a game manager, and he, I mean. He never had a winning season. So did they uh, did they go Matt Schaub after him? Am I remembering that correctly? Did they pull Vicks back up in? That sounds familiar. I think that's what they did on a big number, too. So they went back-to-back, big swings and misses. Although Schaub had a decent couple of years, but yikes. Not a good way to start a franchise, I guess. All right, let's get to him. Carson Palmer, 2003. He stayed as long as he could <laughs> in Cincinnati. He, he had some years. He, a heck of a player. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm, yeah. Boy, I, never won, right? Never won a championship. Ugh, I bet he's not. I bet he's not. 15 years, though, that's a heck of a career. But he, he uh, if you remember this, he, he forced himself out of Cincinnati. He quit football. He said, I'm not coming back. I'm not even yeah, putting the pads on until you get me out of town. So they got him out of town. They sent him to the Raiders. He had a, couple, a cup of coffee there, and then he went to Arizona. Kind of resurrected his career a little. Just a solid career. Made $174,074 million. Nothing wrong there. Played a long time. I guess he just wasn't elite. Is that the right way to look at it? He was yeah, above average, I, I but not elite. I, I would agree with that. He is actually 14th overall in passing yards. Yeah, that's longevity, though, is what that is. It is, but, I mean, he was able to put up the numbers. Oh, yeah, he could play. play. Oh, but yeah. I would agree. He was above average. He's not elite. I would agree. Yeah, he, he came from that, that USC heyday period where they were pumping out running backs and quarterbacks left and right. Definitely a nice player, but I guess I can't, I can't call him. I guess he's not a Hall of Famer. Is that arguable? It's probably, it's probably slightly arguable, but I, I, I don't think he gets in I, with the, the generation around him. Yeah, I don't think so. I think if you polled, uh, majority would probably say he would not get in. Speaking of questionable Hall of Fame careers, let's go to oh. 2004. <laughs> um we all know the story. Eli Manning, selected by San Diego, refused the, to sign there, so they immediately traded him to the Giants for Phillip Rivers. The rest is history. He is, as of right now, the only player on this list to finish a career on one team. Although, I guess there's an asterisk because he was drafted by the San Diego Chargers. You get it. There's semantics there. $252 million, slightly more than his brother. Same amount of Super Bowls. Number one overall in earnings right now. Yeah. Asterix. Yeah, that's gonna that's a couple of months away from getting uh, taken down. But four Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls, 16 years, all with the Giants. He's in, right, because of the Super Bowls, but he's fringe for me. Me too. I think without the Super Bowls, putting him up against Carson Palmer would be super interesting. 
Yeah, it, I, in, is, he's got 10,000 more passing yards. 10,000? 10,000. And he played one more year? All right. All right. I'll give it to him. I, he's in. I'm not saying he's not in. because I mean, the resume is good enough from start to finish. But it's just an interesting dude for a guy who's so quiet and uh, sort of lives in his brother's shadow so often. Um, look, they made, 500, they made $550 million combined just on the football field. So... There's really no laughing at the Mannings for any reason other than comedy. They are. They are football powerhouses. It's going to be a name that goes down in history. So, man, back-to-back-to-back-to-back quarterbacks. Five, five? How many is it? One, two, three, four. We've got five straight quarterbacks selected number one overall, finishing off with a guy that uh, currently resides in your neck of the woods. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, Alex Smith, drafted in 2005 by San Francisco. Uh, right now, total of 15 seasons has earned $161 million, three Pro Bowls. He ended up restructuring that rookie contract and then was extended. And then we know he went to the Chiefs. Yeah, do you remember then, this? You know, do you remember any of that, Scott? As a fan, he he was a bust. They they were they yeah. Were, I mean, Kaepernick came in and kind of took over for him a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. um, but they gave him a second chance, Alex Smith, some somewhat Blake Bortles esque. They gave him a three year extension, sort of uh, in, in a region where they didn't. I think a lot of people thought they were just going to give up on him, but they did end up extending him after the restructure. And then when Kaepernick took over and took him to the Super Bowl, <laughs> the, uh, it was just inevitable that they were going to ship him out of town. And they did right by him. They sent him to Kansas City, where he really thrived in that in that Kansas City system as many of these recent quarterbacks have. Uh, he resurrected his career, got himself in a good situation, and then <laughs> got thrown out of town again by another young kid that came in, and Patrick Mahomes. So he's had a, he's had a, And then you toss in the injury. He finally gets to go to the Redskins, where you know he's going to be the guy again. He gets mm-hmm. essentially his third life, right? He gets San Francisco. It's a rocky start to that career, bounces around. He, gets the, he goes to Kansas City, takes him to the playoffs a couple of years, and then you know the, the next generational quarterback just happens to be taken and he goes to Washington on a super nice contract, which is fully guaranteed through 2020, by the way. So there's another $16 million coming this year to add. And then the gruesome injury, which I, 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 we've asked this before. I just don't know where we stand. I think he's done. My assumption yeah, is know. he's done. And if he's done, that's too bad because teams gave him second lives and he repaid them. He's just a, a super solid quarterback, above average. On every regard, he's above average. He is not a bust. He is maybe not number one worthy. You know what I hope? I hope that we're talking about Jared Goff like this sometime because Jared Goff does have Alex Smith qualities. He can certainly manage a game. He can certainly do things that are above average often. I know he had a roster around him, but I hope that's the career we're talking about, a 14-year career or a 15-year career with Jared Goff where there were some ups and downs, but he took some really solid teams to the playoffs a bunch of times. Thoughts out to Alex Smith because... He hung in there through some really rough times and played some good football, and the leg injury was just terrible. All right, let's keep on moving. Take it away, Scott. Who's next? Yeah, a non-quarterback. That's who's next. Non-quarterback. <laughs> I know, really. Uh, defensive end Mario Williams, drafted by Houston, yeah. uh, earned $120 million, 11 seasons. Yeah, a lot of that uh, came from the Bills. Pro Bowl, Four Pro Bowls. Uh, he he ended up walking away in free agency, and the Bills really coveted him. They really went after him. Oh my God! They I, picked him up at the airport in like a yeah, hum, Hummer, I, and it was a whole I thing here. It was like a, there was like a parade in town when he came to town. They they, they wouldn't even let him out of the, out of 
Buffalo at all. They, they made sure he was, <laughs> right. was coming. It was like know? a whole thing. They ch- yeah, yeah they, they made sure he was not leaving. <laughs> I think I think even to this day, it's the, it's the biggest free agent signing the Bills have ever made. So from our perspective, it was certainly a big deal. But he made a ton of money coming to the Bills. That's why he was here. The Bills weren't getting those kind of players unless they were overpaying him. So he made $67.5 million as a member of the Bills for four seasons and only 44 and a half over six years in Houston on that rookie deal. So you can understand that, you know, you know there was going to be a, ta- a t- franchise tag for sure. Houston avoided that by just basically saying, all right, you're, we're, we're done. We're going to walk away from this. They ended up taking Clowney, what they did, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history after that. 11 good seasons. He had some good years even at the end there with, with Miami. He had, a, he had a rough ending in Buffalo and then kind of went to Miami for salt on the wound to Bills fans. But uh, fine. Nice, solid career. Worthy of a number one pick. He, he, was, a, he was a freak athlete. You can understand that. Yeah, uh, the next guy was a pretty good athlete, too. But, but he, uh, how do we say this all, nicely? All-time bust. Let's just say it this way. <laughs> he was drafted by the Raiders on a seven-year rookie contract, and he played three of them. And he never played again. That was it. $39 million because of guarantees that kicked in on the rookie deal. It was a seven-year contract. This is Jamarcus Russell. This is your biggest draft bust. It yes. is arguably the biggest draft bust in history. And before, because of everything I just said. He was taken to be the franchise quarterback, penned to a seven-year contract, and he played. He didn't even get through half of it. Oh, over under 5,000 passing in, in yards. In three years. How many games again? I, I got to know games. 31. 31 games out of a possible over 48. Under. That's not good either. <laughs> 31, 31 games. I'm gonna See, this guy could throw the ball. I mean, he, was a, I mean, he would bomb. Um, over under what? Five? Over under 5,000. I'm going to go under, I guess. It's like 45 and change. Just barely 4,000. Oh, my goodness. He only played four games in his rookie season. Uh, started one of them. Uh, then he played 15 games in his second season. What is that, like uh, a buck 50 a game, Scott? Is that what that is? Yeah, about that. Maybe a little less. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's a bust. I mean, we don't really yep. need to sugarcoat it. We don't really need stats. He's a bust. No. Yeah, he uh, is. I love it. 2008, there's those Miami Dolphins taking our left tackle, Jake Long. Uh, boy, those offensive linemen, those long boys could play some football. And Kyle, Kyle just retired. He just left the Chicago Bears. Chris, but Chris as well, shortened careers. They, uh, I don't know if his dad, with you know, the dad was in the air basically saying, you don't need to be 15-year guys, save your bodies. But uh, Jake only went nine, and he was a heck of a left tackle. He really was. Four Pro Bowls, uh, stayed with the Dolphins for five years, then went to the Rams where Chris ended up as well. Just solid. Anytime you're talking about the long boys, you're going to get a, a solid NFL career. But that's another example of a number one overall left tackle right there. Something I think the Dolphins should be doing this year, by the way. Not number one overall, but number five overall. I kind of hope they go that route. And even if they take a quarterback later or they don't take one and they wait until 2021, I think that's the right move. They just traded Laramie Tunzel and they didn't replace him. So (laughs) I hope that's something they're considering at least right now. We'll see. 2009, Matthew Stafford. We're starting to get into some real active players now. Uh, He's played 11 years in Detroit. It might be 12 and and done, though, from everything we're hearing, right? His Mm -hmm. contract makes it really easy to get out, out from him after this upcoming 2020 season. He's benefited from a crazy rookie deal. Ridiculous restructures that Lions have been cap held multiple times throughout his career. And because of it, because of the restructures, and whenever a quarterback has to get restructured, it generally means a big signing bonus. Matthew Stafford's already made $211 million in 11 years. 
in the NFL, and he's not done. And if he's healthy, if this back issue is not long-term, he's going to get another big deal wherever he goes. He's going to cash in again. He might be the first $300 million uh, player in the NFL, if I had to guess. He's got a real chance to do this. We'll see. We'll see. But there's, uh, this guy has really cashed in. Not many playoff appearances, only one Pro Bowl, if you're looking at that kind of metric. But uh, he has worked and maneuvered the Detroit Lions cap issues <laughs> to his benefit. Let's put it that way. Take it away with Sam Bradford, Scott, 2010. Yeah, 2010, Sam Bradford, St. Louis Rams, uh, another quarterback here out of uh, USC, $130 million, <sighs> nine seasons. What was that no rookie contract, though? Do you have it there? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for no, it. No, I don't. Uh, he was traded in the final year of that six-year contract, yeah. and this was the contract. This was the uh, draft before you the rookie it. scale. It's the most important in. thing to know about Sam Bradford, even uh, outside yep. of the fact that he was traded for a first-round pick like 11 times somehow, even after he was already a bust. Yeah, this was the last rookie contract that wasn't wage scaled. Six years, 78 million dollars. That's what Sam, 50 million fully guaranteed at signing. That's what Sam Bradford got from the Rams out of the gate in 2010. That's why there needed to be a rookie wage scale. There's no better example than that right there. But because of it, man, he made some coin. He only played nine seasons. He locked in $130 million. That's just unbelievable for a guy who people knew four or five years into this thing that he wasn't a franchise guy. Yeah. The Eagles tried to make him a franchise guy. The Minnesota Vikings tried to make him a franchise guy. And the Arizona Cardinals gave him a one-year $20 million contract in 2018 and then cut him in the middle of November that year. It was fully guaranteed. They, they, gave him, they signed him. They signed Mike Lennon. You remember this year? They had like three legitimate quarterbacks on their roster. And then, they, and then Josh Rosen, who they then punted on the year after that and drafted Kyler Murray. Yeah, so the everyone last, was wondering what was going on there. The last two years of, of Cardinals quarterbacking included Bradford at $20 million. They, they just spent so much money on quarterbacks that didn't matter to them. It, it was an unbelievable stretch there for a year and a half of, in Arizona. But he benefited. That's another, that's like I said, $130 million in nine years. No Pro Bowls. Tra- traded twice for a first-round pick. It's just a, it's an unbelievable legacy of, 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 uh, of errors is really what it is. Cam Newton. We don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. Do you think he's done? I don't, no, I don't think he's okay. done. Okay. Do we think he's done as a starter? Mm, I, I think if he goes to the right team, he could be a starter again. Okay. And, that, and his and his body holds up. Yeah, But I, I think, like you said, he has the cachet of the number one. Sure. And the MVP. Someone, someone's going to give him a chance. Yeah, three-time Pro Bowler, nine years with the Carolina Panthers. This was the first year of the rookie wage scale, so you're going to see some tempered numbers. He didn't make... There you go. Sam Bradford, nine years, drafted a year earlier, made 130. Cam Newton in nine years has only made $121 million. So you can see the rookie wage scale coming into effect right there. I still think he cashes in. I'm not sure that it's any kind of marquee contract out of the gate. He's probably going to have to do a prove-it deal wherever he goes just to kind of get his legs, make sure he's healthy, make sure he can play 16 games and then fits in the system wherever he ends up. But this is a guy who... Uh, he suffered financially because of this rookie wage scale, because of the new CBA, because of the lockout, all that stuff. This was the uh, the first iteration of that number one overall selection. And yeah, re- he came off that high college. Uh, can you imagine what he would have? Oh, that national championship! That, I know about that rookie with the rookie scale not there. It's he, a good point. He, he would have cashed in more than Brad. And he was already a brand. Yeah, he I mean, was. He was marketing himself. His father. Everybody was marketing him as a brand. Yeah, you're right. If there was no wage scale, what was he going to go for? You're right. oh, I, I, if Bradford I, I, went for 80. 
I know he he would have probably gone for ninety, close to hundred. Yeah, you're think. right. There's no question. All right, uh, 2012 Andrew Luck. We all know the story. He uh, plays out the rookie deal four years in already. Gets extended over hundred million dollars. Plays just a couple more seasons, and then surprisingly, while I'm in the middle of a bar on a, at a bachelor party, <laughs> decides to retire in the middle of the night. Adam Schefter drops the bomb. And it's been the start of many of these these early retirements. Eight seasons, $109 million, four Pro Bowls. He was on pace for a Hall of Fame career. He was everything the Colts wanted in, in replacing Peyton Manning. He couldn't stay upright. That's just how it works. So, But this is exactly the conversation I'm, I've been having, Scott, with a team that just was not ready for their quarterback. <laughs> they destroyed yeah. him for four years with this terrible offensive line. They tried. They tried to plug and play guys in. They did make some draft picks. But they didn't really figure this thing out until he decided to retire. I mean, their offensive line now is pretty darn good when they went and drafted a guard in the first round. Like, you know, because I understand that's not cool. You got to do it sometimes. You got to suck it up and protect your investment. But, uh, man, they paid for it. And look what happened. He had to leave after eight years. His body just could not handle it. I mean, his, his brain was telling him to stop doing this to his body. That's essentially what yeah. he said as he retired. Well, it, you made a good point. A lot of these quarterbacks that we've talked about that, you know, hadn't flourished, they came in too early, the team wasn't ready, yep. and, and I mean, you nailed it on the head. He was, he put up the, the yards, oh, yeah. and the touchdowns, and I mean, he had, with the seasons that he played, he had uh, 20, almost 23 and a half thousand yards, and he threw for 171 touchdowns. Yeah, um, there you go. Um, six seasons. I mean, if you think about him from a fantasy perspective, I always got him on cheap because nobody wanted to pay for a player who was going to get sacked 60 times and probably injured for four or five games, you know? That's just yeah. the, that's the risk you ran with Andrew Luck, and that's real life, and that's why Andrew Luck's not in the league anymore. That's just a fact. All right, 2013. I love these left tackles. Eric Fisher, he's a, got, he's a pretty important left tackle right now, isn't he? <laughs> Super Bowl winning left tackle of Patrick Mahomes. He's getting up there. That he's uh, This will be his eighth season. He's made $61 million. It's probably going to be about time for him to get an extension soon, even though he's up there in age. But we're seeing some of these older guys. In fact, uh, Anthony Costanzo, the uh, the Colts left tackle, just uh, just re-upped at 32 years old for at $16.5 million a year. It's probably going to be time to uh, make sure that Patrick Mahomes is locked in with his left tackle for the next three, four years, I would imagine. Or the Chiefs will be addressing this in the draft soon again. Something they're clearly not afraid to do. They did this six years ago when nobody was doing it. So good for them. I love to see it. I, I hope we see it more. Maybe not at number one overall. Um, but like I said, I'd love to see the uh, number three, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, or any of those picks be a left tackle this year because I think there's a bunch of teams that really, really need it. 2014, go ahead. Mario Williams' predecessor, or a successor, excuse me. Yeah. Jadavian Clowney, 2014, went to Houston, uh, defensive end has made uh, $50.5 million through six-plus go going into the seventh season here. He He's made Pro Bowl three, so he's 50% on Pro Bowls um, for what that's worth. Yeah. He, he was um, uh, tagged and traded to Seattle, and we know what happened last season with all that. And I wonder if, and I wonder it, if enough people know how that worked. Not only was he tagged and traded for – it was a mid-round pick um, – but Houston paid half that franchise tag. Houston kept. Oh, wow. They had to convert it to a I bonus. Yeah, Seattle wouldn't pay the full $14 million. So uh, 
This guy's fi- finances have been dampened since day one. All right, there's just something about him. Whether it's he's not going to be a true pass rusher, he's more of just a contain edge guy, which I think we're hearing a lot more of now. That's why he's not signed as we speak. But I think he thought there was a massive Mario Williams type contract in his future because of the uh, the path he followed here, and he hasn't found it. He had a he was franchise tagged, and the team wouldn't even pay that, and now. He's sitting on the open market right now trying to get himself, you know, he thought 20 million a year. Our numbers said 17. I'll be surprised if he gets that now. I really will. I wonder if there's a one-year show-me-prove-it deal in his future with the right team, even though that's essentially what he was on in Seattle last year. But I wonder if there's another one of those coming because he just, he's not the player or he, uh, he doesn't have the ceiling that warrants the massive contract right now. Yeah, and this was a late trade, too. This was August 31st. Oh, yeah, there was a big so holdout was, here. Yeah, It was like right up until, uh, what, a week before the season started. So yeah. yeah, we don't see that very often. We do see tagging trades more frequently now than ever. But generally speaking, it doesn't involve splitting the tag up into two payments. But that's no. what happened last year. All right, here's Jameis. Number one overall from the Tampa Bay. He played the full five seasons, including the fifth-year option last year. And just like the number, one, number two pick in Marcus Mariota, they were – Allowed to walk in free agency. Mariota is the backup in, in uh, Las Vegas right now on a pretty solid deal, actually, for a player who flamed out in Tennessee. Jameis is still looking. I think Jameis is smart and still looking, even though Cam Newton's out there with him. Uh, he certainly has the numbers, and you can take what you want with the interceptions and the fumbles, but those are clearly part of the conversation. But anytime somebody throws for 30 touchdowns and 5,000 5, yards, there's ability there. And there's, I don't think anybody questions his ability it's more about the mentality, the work effort, the uh, and, and you know putting in the in the time to understand the offense, being able to read defenses. Clearly, that's where he's lacking right now. So wherever he ends up, and it's got to be the perfect scenario for sure, he's going to get a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the conversation we had with a bunch of these quarterbacks going down the down the road here. He's going to get his chance, and if not, he's going to hold a clipboard because he can throw the ball. And if you, yeah, you, you uh, there's a you can do a lot worse than bringing this guy into week 7 for, a, for an injured starting quarterback. So I do think that there's you know, I, there's possibly a 10-year career out of this guy. If even if we're talking about just backup backup money, he's made himself 46 million dollars already, so he's pretty set in that regard. We'll see where it ends up. I I'm dying for it to be the Patriots. I'm just I'm just dying for it. Every every time I hear You know why, Scott? This up, is this is why. Isn't that the perfect FU project for Bill Belichick? It is. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, all right, Brady was great. You know, we won these championships. We we were great. I can do this with anybody, and I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna take 30 interceptions and, and, I'm and turn that the, into a playoff quarterback. <laughs> and and I'm taking the quarterback that used to be where Tom is now. That's right. A total flip. <laughs> yeah, a total flip. All right. Go ahead, take on uh, Jared Goff, Green Assault. Yeah, so Jared Goff, 2016, went to the Rams. Uh, he was extended out of his uh, rookie contract here through that rookie contract. And what is this, the first year of the extension, I believe? Um, what, 49, almost $50 million. <laughs> and um, I, you've done you've done extensive. Oh, we can, we can talk about it again. It's always fun to talk about the Rams. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he made $26 million last year in the first year of that extension. He's set to make $31 million this year, a little bit more than that if he plays every game. Um, I think I agree with you what you said earlier. He, he is going to be an interesting scenario to see where he is sure. in four or five years. Um, if he can raise 
his level or if he just maintains himself as a game manager is he going to become above average or just average it he's one that is going to definitely be interesting especially with how the ram situation is financially yeah um, i mean <laughs> it, by the way you left out the one of the more important parts the rams had to trade up to draft jared goff they had to give up a fortune. If you remember, this was Goff and Wentz. Both of those picks were traded up for. The Eagles and the Rams both went up to get those quarterbacks. So uh, there's just a lot riding. You, you, you know the extensions were coming because of everything they gave up. It's what the Bears are dealing with right now in Trubisky. They traded up for Trubisky as well. Not as, not as violently in terms of what they had to give up, but they're clearly giving up on Trubisky now with the Foles acquisition. That's not the case with the Rams. I just want to say this again because I've said it on a couple of shows, but it's worth saying every single time. This would be his fifth-year option. The Rams could have a $22 million fifth-year option right now in Jared Goff. Instead, yeah. he has $94 million of dead cap on his, on his extension. <laughs> so it's a very f- different conversation because they decided to extend him early. We're going to see this it stop sounds, happening. It's going to stop uh, I was happening. Gonna say, we've, we've had this conversation over the last few weeks of between NBA or NFL do not do these extensions and look, super early. When I had Shane Costa on a couple of weeks ago, Scott, to talk about the CBA, one of the things he made sure to point out was it is now harder to hold out on a rookie contract. There's language in there. It costs more in fines, and you will not, the second you miss training camp, you lose that accrued season. It's just going to toll your contract. You're not getting out. It's, you think you're getting out, but you're not getting out. The only thing a holdout can do is force a trade. And if you think that's something you can do, then you're going to do it. But if the if the Chiefs don't want to extend Patrick Mahomes yet, they certainly don't have to. They don't have to. They can wait. They can they can wait until he's on his fifth year option and then do it. I mean, two years early, th- essentially three years early on Jared Goff. It's just ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's buyer's remorse immediately after signing the contract. So buyer beware for sure. All right, let's move quickly now because we're getting into the guys who are active and really, uh, yeah. you know, there's obviously no movement yet. Uh, Miles Garrett, he's going to get paid. I know what happened. I know, <laughs> I know Mason Rudolph, you know, you know, took a helmet to the head and he, uh, he paid his dues. He will be back week one. He's going to make a hundred million dollars. It's just, he's going to get it. He's an edge rusher with, with, uh, you know, a get to the quarterback mentality. You know, you see something like that happen. You hate to see it, but <laughs> I grew up with in Lawrence Taylor's era. All right. I mean, I mean, Lawrence Taylor was the scariest human being I ever met oh. in my entire life. And okay. the best on Super Technical <laughs> And one of the greatest defensive players yeah. in the history of, the, of yes. football. And those two Absolutely. things are relatable. Okay. You want scary MFers playing defense for you. You just do. Now, I, you have to temper it a little bit now in, the, in the, the way the game has changed from a real standpoint. But Miles Garrett just fits the mold of a nasty, go out and get the quarterback guy. He's going to get $100 million. He's just going to get it. He's going to get Cleo Mack money. Whether that's with the Browns or somebody else, we'll see. But my guess is that happens soon. I think once the, the Browns get to this draft and get themselves an offensive line for Baker Mayfield, I think they're probably. I think their next step is probably giving Miles Garrett a ton of money. Speaking of the Browns, they went back-to-back again, just like they did. When was that? Just like they did in 1999 and 2000. They went back-to-back in 2017 and 2018. Take it away with Baker Mayfield, Scott. Yeah, Baker from Mayfield, uh, he earned uh, so far $24 million through the two seasons that he's been there. We know all the hype of last year, yeah. and that was a, a – Yeah, Super Bowl epic, contenders turned – collapse. Sure. 
Yeah. So he's eligible for an extension after 2020. So it's a big year for him for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Okay. There's a big reason uh, that he and the Josh Allens of the world are going to have huge microscopes on them all season long, not just because of their teams should be contenders. Certainly the Bills. We think the Browns are. I, I don't know why it didn't work. I'll tell you why it didn't work. Baker Mayfield couldn't stay off, stay off the ground because their offensive yeah. line was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was bottom three or four. I, I referenced the Pro Football Focus rankings yesterday. Uh, make sure I check that out if you want more offensive line talk. Not that you haven't had enough today. But uh, look, if you can keep Baker upright and you use the weapons that they've acquired, and they've acquired weapons, and by the way, add Austin Hooper to that arsenal now, it should go well. And if it goes well, there's going to be talk about an extension. I don't think it should happen until after 2021 for every, re- every reason we just said with Jared Goff. But he's going to be eligible after this upcoming season. That's the point to make. Hey, because we really don't need to dive into Kyler Murray too much here. So we got Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. Those are your last three number one overalls. I thought it was interesting that because of the cap increase and the rookie wage scale is essentially tied to the cap increase, right? The signing bonuses increase essentially mm-hmm. in parallel with the percentage of the cap increase. If you look at what the last three number one overall picks have earned in their career, it's almost identical. So Kyler Murray made in one season what Baker Mayfield made in two, what Miles Garrett made in three. That's, yeah. that's how much the cap is increasing. And I think it's, it's all that signing bonus. But it's, but it's, it's also why the rookie, the minimum salaries had to, had to go up. I mean, if that's, the math, if that's how the math is working out, that's yeah. ludicrous. In two years, you're, you're, your contract is complete crap in comparison to the guy who was drafted in the same position. That's not mm-hmm. good. That's garbage. No. So, uh, you know, these guys should get extended. All of these, I think all these players are in line for an extension, and we'll see. Who are going to be Hall of Famers? Right, let's not even talk about Goff, Garrett, Mayfield, Murray, certainly not Winston, certainly not Clowney. I, I mean, uh, although three pro, pro Bowls, right? <laughs> uh, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not on a Hall of Fame track, though. Mm, yeah, not yet. I don't think Eric Fisher is, even though I love me some left tackles. Andrew Luck was... That's that's done. Cam Newton, three Pro Bowls, one MVP, n- lost the Super Bowl, right? Never lost, won. Yeah, lost Super Bowl. Did Cam Newton win a Super Bowl? No, he lost it. I'm drawing a blank. There's too much data in my head right now. Okay. Yeah, they lost to uh, Denver. Denver. Right? Denver. Yeah, lost yeah. to Denver. Right. Peyton second. I'm going to say he's a no for sure at this point then. Bradford's a definite no. Matthew Stafford yeah. is a no. It's a great career, and it's a it's a heck of a – Heck of a bag career. I mean, he's getting money. He's getting the bag for sure. Jake Long's probably a no. Four Pro Bowls in nine years. That's pretty solid. He's, I guess he's a maybe. Probably didn't play long enough, though. Jamarcus Russell's a clear maybe. Is he a, <laughs> he's a no. Alex Smith's, <laughs> Alex Smith's a no. Eli's a yes. We're, are, we, are we a no on Carson Palmer for sure? If I had to vote today, I'd say no. 14th in yards. Probably doesn't have the winning percentage or the completion percentage that these other guys do. Certainly doesn't have the, you know, the, the playoff wins. No. All right, he's a no for me. David Carr's a no for me. Vic, oh, it's too bad. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Brown, Tim Coucher, knows. Peyton's a definite yes. Is Orlando Pace, he's the only one that's in, right? Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, <laughs> Peyton, Orlando Pace, Eli. And maybe, and maybe Carson. No, I can't even say Carson. Maybe can't. I don't know. Man, it doesn't bank out, does it? It doesn't always work no, out. It doesn't. Holy crap, Ola. Um, yeah. So Joe Burrow. Let's talk about quarterbacks before we finish off here. 
Yeah, and then I got some stats here I can run. No, through no, give them well. to me. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking for. What, what's the positional breakdown here for 30 years of number one overall picks? Uh, quarterback 18 times, defensive end five, offensive tackle three, defensive tackle two, and then one running back, one wide receiver. Uh, Cleveland Browns had picked four times, as did the Indianapolis Colts, and mm-hmm. then followed with Cincinnati with three, and then Houston and St. Louis. Those aren't two. stats you want, by the way. <laughs> No. And then I mean, unless you're trying to be number one, you don't want to be number one. And then if you break it down by college, Oklahoma's had three. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has had two. Penn State, two. USC, two. And then the rest are all ones. Oklahoma. Sam Bradford. Is, is Baker, right? Baker's Oklahoma. Baker. Who's the third? Is it Russell Maryland? Maryland? I think it might have been Russell. No, he's a Miami guy. Kyler Murray. Oh, that's right. It's a quarterback, quarterback. Yep. Nothing wrong there. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting and, when you break down by college for sure. Yeah, and then the if you average per seasons played, their career earnings, and Matt Stafford has the highest at just over 19. I'm telling you, he's going to be an all-timer. Season. And then Eli is at uh, just under 16 per season, and then you've got a handful in the 13. Sorry, I interrupted you. Where's Matt Stafford? Uh, he has earned over his, the average would be just over 19 million per That's season. Incredible. It is. That's incredible. Holy cats. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be, I can't wait to do his careers earned podcast. Cause it's going to be phenomenal. And I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to go somewhere else next year and redo this whole thing. I mean, there's going to yeah. be teams who are going to flame out. Totally. There's going to be teams that flame out this year on quarterbacks. Hell, the Patriots might need him next year. Yeah, that's a, that's a, there's always a handful of teams that think they're good and right. and needing a quarterback. And you're talking about the draft or free right. agents, whatnot. This year is probably anomaly with the amount of quarterbacks that we've had, whether trade or uh, free agency and, and then dealing with the draft here and the quarterback carousel. But I mean, like I said, there's usually a handful of teams every year that needs something for some reason. I mean, whether it's an injury or free agency or they just want to move on because it doesn't work. Yeah, there's no question. All right, so we're a couple of ways from the draft. We, we're pretty positive it's going to be Joe Burrow. That'll be what, Cincinnati's third or fourth in the last 20 years, 30 years? Yeah, that'll be their third. That'll be their fourth. 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 Yeah. Incredible. Um, the last time they drafted their quarterback number one was Palmer. Okay, yeah. It's going to make a lot of sense. I mean, it seems to be the right pick. Hopefully, their left tackle they took in in, uh, 2019 is viable, Jonah Williams. He was injured all last season, so he doesn't have that year under his belt. But, by the way, that if that works out, that's, I mean, that's the way to do it. Take a first-round left tackle, then take a first-round quarterback, and go play some ball. I mean, they kept A.J. Green on the franchise tag. You can understand the sensibility in doing that. They've got a couple of other weapons there. I just hope that line is strong enough. That's all. How, how much is Joe Burrow going to make, Scott, over the four-year contract? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, approximately 37, 37 around there. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. With a bonus. We'll, we'll know for sure once these draft picks start hitting and we get some information, but yeah. I, my, my estimates are around 37-ish. Okay. Bonus of about 23. Where are we in bonuses now? 24 and a half. 24 and a half. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to make some, he's going to make over 30 million in 2020 in terms of the bonus and the salary. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty good coin. And when you think about that, that's a lot of coin. 
versus what Kyler Murray made last year. Yeah. It's a lot of coin. So it good, is. good for Joe Burrow having a heck of a career. So <laughs> Joe Burrow, we mentioned Cam Newton. We mentioned Cam Newton having that run up to the national championship, branding himself. Yep. <laughs> Burrow's not the the marketable marketable guy that Newton was, but similar, right? I mean, similar. It's like Vince Young. If Vince Young could have set his own market back in the day, and he essentially did with Tennessee, but that's a, a different kind of bust. Um, yeah, being able to run up the national championship in front of that gigantic crowd and then into jumping into the draft, that's, uh, that's the dream. But he's going to make what he's going to make. It's slotted. He's going to have to live with it for three, three and a half, four years. And if he's worth anything at that point in time, in 2024, my goodness, where's the quarterback going to be then? Yeah, fifty million plus a year—that's where it's going to be. So it's not yeah. not where, a bad time to be cap, a heck of a quarterback right now. Yeah, where will the cap be? You know, how much space there'll be? Well, let's be let's actually finish on this because it's kind of uh, puts a bow on these discussions we've had with these eighteen quarterbacks. We mentioned how bad the golf situation could be if he doesn't bounce back and have a year, and it's because they signed him early. If let's say in three years the quarterback is at fifty million a year because the cap money the cap has jumped the TV revenue's back and Mahomes and all these you know Watson Josh Allen Lamar Jackson have reset this market to where we think it's going to go, it's going to be all the more reason not to extend a player early or at all. Like, are we going to get to a point where the second contract costs so much, right? Even if you're a, just a monster, if you got to pay fifty million dollars to extend Joe Burrow. In four years per year, so that's going to be 150 million guaranteed over three years minimum, 50 million a year, right? If that's what it takes, you just ride him out, right? Mm-hmm. You make him play year four, you, you fifth year option him, you franchise tag him, and then if you got us, and then it's going to be less money to extend it because he's going to be older, essentially. I mean, yeah. in theory, although my thinking could be off there, but I, I think we might get to a point where it's so big to extend a quarterback versus what the rookie wage scale has in store that these guys might not be getting their second contracts when they think they want them unless there's some sort of exodus and mass holdout, which we noted isn't going to be very easy. It's not going to do them any good on a rookie deal to hold out. So um, I think we might be getting there. If golf has a terrible 2020, it's going to scare off a ton of these franchises. You're not going to see the bills <laughs> go early on Josh Allen. You're just not. And certainly probably the same with Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. There's just too many question marks and it's too much money to throw at somebody who's cost controlled for three more years. And that's what these guys are. Josh Allen has a fourth year plus a fifth year option plus a franchise tag in front of him if the Bills want to want to go that route. I just worry that if Mahomes and those those contracts take us such a big gap between contract, you know, the second contract of a quarterback versus the rookie contract of a quarterback. Why would you do it? Just jump back into the draft. Just jump back into the draft. I'm yeah. scared we're gonna get to that breaking point. That's what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm talking you, about. You may, yeah, you may see teams at that point do that. It's sort of like the running back, run them exactly. down for five years. I was just about to say, if you're not Mahomes, right? If you if you're not Mahomes, or if you're not Christian McCaffrey, these one-offs, these generational yep. one-offs, I'm not sure you have a chance. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure you have a chance. It's gonna get and to if that you point. Think, and if you think your system is that good, plug and play, and, baby. Plug and play, exactly. Yep. Just run, run them, restock, run them, restock, and. So if that happens, this is uh, what I'm what I'm getting to is essentially what happened in Major League Baseball, right? 
after the Haywards and the Albert Pujolses and the Miggy Cabrera contracts that were just so far away from the rookie deals, baseball got, the owners just said, no, <laughs> no, we're done with that. No more of that. Unless you're Mike Trout, we're not doing that anymore. So I, uh, I, I worry that we're getting there and that contracts like Alex Smith, for instance, 21 million, Nick Foles, 22 million a year, that might be where these guys have to live. They might have to take a step back on those second contracts and not reset the market every year like we're seeing on you know next man up because owners just basically say, I don't need to do that because I can go and get another guy who might be 5% worse than you at 80% less money, right? That eventually yeah. the math's going to catch up to this and there's going to be a breaking point. I've said this before, but this is what we're talking about. I mean, if it's going to take... If Joe Burrow can make $40 million right now, close to it, guaranteed, he's going to sign that paperwork in a couple of months, a couple of weeks here with the Cincinnati Bengals and lock himself into $40 million. First of all, holy crap, right? I mean, how many guys on this list made $40 million in their career? It's not many. It's not many. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to instantly sign, you know, put pen to paper for $40 million. So I understand that you're going to have guys guaranteeing $150 million soon. But at what point does that break? At what point does do the Bengals say, Joe, you're a hell of a quarterback, but we paid you enough money. I can't triple it. I can't do that because that's what it would take. It would take triple that amount of money in three years to, to extend. Yeah, it. it'll it'll cripple, cripple your your finances and um, yeah. moving forward and current years. We're going to find out just how important the quarterback is because the math, sa- is go- the math says there should be a breaking point. The math says what's happened to the running backs. And it's different because running backs have depth involved. You don't have depth in a quarterback. Um, but there's going to be, I guess the, the, the free agent major league baseball conversation is the right one to have. Whereas year in and year out, it was just going to be, if you got the free agency, you got to reset the market. You got to be the next big batter or pitcher paid at the, at the next highest level. That's just what happened. There were incremental percentages of pay. We're seeing that with the quarterback. We've seen it for over a decade now. Next man up gets the highest contract. That's what Dak is waiting for. Next man up, I need my highest contract. Yeah, and we've had more of those recently. I mean, I did a graph over time where the AAV has increased over and over. And I mean, it's like 11 straight years, right? Or pretty close to. Yeah. I mean, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine within a span of uh, three years. Sure. And I mean, the other skill positions, we just had a tight end uh, reset it. We just had a wide receiver side reset it. We so, just had running back a couple times here, but the quarterback is consistently re-upping themselves. And you're right. There's going to be that breaking. So point. let's actually take the, the baseball conversation one more level before we finish off here. What's happened? What has been the effect of that happening in Major League Baseball? You're seeing 20-year-olds sign $100 million contracts. You're seeing Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albies, Blake Snell, right? You're seeing these kids who, you know, six years ago, they just got to get six years in so they can get to their free agent year because they're going to cash in ridiculous amounts of money. It's not happening anymore. Or, or, or tr- it's trending negatively for a lot of these players. And because of that, guys are saying, all right, you're giving, I'm 20 and you're giving me $100 million? Let's do it. I wonder if that's where we go. And I guess that's the, the point I was already making with the Alex Smith and the Nick Foles money, right? If, if we'll extend you early, okay? We'll, after three years, we'll give you the extension, but it's not going to be two hundred million. It's going to be a hundred. It's going to be a hundred to one hundred and twenty, 
which, you know, when the salary cap is $240 million, which it might be, you know, 250 maybe in, a, in three years, uh, it's going to be a val- of, there's going to be of some value to it. But GMs and owners can force that hand by basically saying, sorry, we can't do this. Joe Burrow, we love you. Can't do it. But if you do it now, right? If you do it now, so if you get into the Jared Goff situation where we extend ex- as soon as that third year is done, we'll do it now. We'll give you some more money now. But it's going to have to be at our price. It's going to have to be at this lower price, this, you know, this tenured price versus you wait till six years out and then you try to get your $200 million. I wonder if we get there. And maybe that is the smart place to go. Maybe it is. Could be. Could be. And from a longevity standpoint. We're not there, though. Right now, it's the most important position, most powerful position in all sports. Yeah, it is. And uh, they're going to keep getting paid like it. So Joe Burrow, number one, about $37 million, according to our numbers. We'll be confirming that Thursday night, of course, when everything locks in. We'll be back tomorrow with more draft talk. I mean, it's going to be draft eve or draft day, essentially, when this thing posts. So we'll talk some more draft. I'll try to get a few guests on, Scott, to uh, bounce some ideas off of. We'll do a little mock draft, have some trade guesses, where's two are going to slide to, all those good things. All those things we've been talking about for plenty of weeks that are going to come to culmination Thursday evening. So uh, my thanks to The Athletic. My thanks to Fantasy Pros. Visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off. Visit fantasypros.com slash track dash NFL. Get a head start on your fantasy, assuming football comes back in full force. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track Podcast.